0: We feel like we have to somehow get our time back, as if it belonged to someone else to begin with. And the truth is, it belonged to us. In the beginning, it belonged to us.
1: Wake up. Wake up. Rethink the status quo. When you get your money right, then you're
0: the one who runs your life. Come build a wealthy spirit with Sammy and Michelle.
1: Sammy, I'm so excited to revisit one of our episodes, deprogramming from a corporate mindset today. I love this conversation because I so strongly believe that when you take some time off your work, whether you're taking a sabbatical, whether you lost your job, whether you go on maternity or paternity leave, there's often this gap in time where you still kind of feel attached to that 40-hour-plus work week, and it can be hard to shake, and a lot of times we don't really talk about it. I am so excited to share this episode because it was one of our
0: most popular episodes. When we talked about that episode, Deprogramming from the Corporate Mindset, I was deprogramming from the corporate mindset while I was in the corporate setting. But now, being on a sabbatical, it really has a new meaning for me. Having left my job, I'm really seeing all the ways that we are programmed in a corporate setting, how that's really tied with our identity, and how that's not that easy to let go of. How that identity, how that need for identity, how that need for purpose that the outside world can understand Is so deeply ingrained, that's still in me. And I'm really learning how to peel back away from that little by little.
1: I love what you say there, Sammy, about identity, because especially in American culture, but I think this is true all over the world, we attach so much of our identity to our job. And whether or not you're leaving the workplace, I think it's really good to get a sense of what sort of things have you adopted. That may seem normal when you're working all day, but actually are maybe stress inducing, maybe not necessary, maybe aren't aligned with your values. Because I think a lot of times we get a job, we start working, we keep going, and we actually don't take a lot of time to stop and just think to see if it's actually in alignment with what we want. Let's get into today's episode.
0: Today, we are talking about deprogramming from the corporate mindset, or as we like to say, the jobby mindset.
1: Ah, uh, yes, Sammy. I'm very excited to talk about this because what I noticed when I left my job and what I, seems to be true for a lot of other people is that as soon as I left my actual job, the thing that my W-2, the thing I was paid to do, I had this break that I had planned, the sabbatical. I knew I wanted to take time off. But I would wake up in the morning, I would get coffee with my parents, I would chat with my dad a little bit, I would go maybe work on the podcast or listen to a book, and I always felt so guilty about it because I was attached to this 40-hour work week, this idea that if I'm not working from 9 to 5, then I'm not being a productive human being. And I realized that I needed to take this time to deprogram From being in the corporate workplace. There's a specific time of day that you're supposed to be working. And if I wasn't, I felt like I was lazy. If people asked me what I was doing, I felt very insecure because I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm working on this podcast, but it doesn't fill every single day and I'm not being paid for this. So I think a lot of people actually feel this way. I've heard people echo something similar. And so I'm really excited to just talk about deprogramming yourself, whether or not you're in a job today and you're just overvaluing, overworking, or if you are planning a transition out of the workforce for whatever reason, I think this will be something that's helpful for you.
0: Completely, Michelle. We all come with programming. When we come to earth, we're blank slates. And then as we grow up, we are filled with programming about different things. And one of those things is work. We're given a lot of ideas about work and how work should be structured And when it comes to building a wealthy spirit, part of it is getting your money right, but part of it is getting rid of the ego. The ego being this programming that we have installed. So we got to look at that and we got to help notice what programming we have and try to quiet it so that we can live our intentional lives.
1: So true, Sammy. Let's get into it.
0: Michelle and I read an awesome piece that really complements some of the different programming that we're talking about today. And it's called Why You Should Take More Time Off, which was in the Greater Good magazine through the University of California, Berkeley.
1: There are a few things, Sammy, that I disagree with. But one thing I really liked about this piece and that will definitely weave into our conversation is the benefits of taking a break from work. Something that we love talking about and I think goes hand in hand with this idea of deprogramming from the corporate mindset.
0: The first piece of programming that we are going to uninstall today is this idea that if you work 40 hours or more, you are productive.
1: Exactly, Sammy. Feel free to insert the amount of hours you work and whatever you feel is necessary to be a productive human being.
0: True. I remember, Michelle, when I interviewed for my first job outside of PA school and I was talking to my future supervising physician, who was this awesome guy who, to be honest, he's one of the few people that I've met in medicine who like 100% loves medicine. He could do it all day long. He was working many hours on the floor. He also organized multiple groups, like the program that I was in, the fellowship program, and he was organizing the journal club. He has his own newsletter. Like, He was doing (laughs) a million things related to the ICU, and he just loved it. Like, he could not get enough. And during the interview, he was telling me about how there would be long work weeks in this program.
1: Something I feel like you can only get away with for people's first jobs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I remember telling him, "I'm like, oh, I totally get it. You know, on rotation, sometimes we'd have to work 60-hour weeks. And I remember him laughing at that (laughs) because he thought that was such a small number of hours to work. He was acting like working 60 hours a week was like part-time. And I remember like when I saw him laugh, I was like, I was like okay, I was trying to calculate how many hours are there in a week. And if I subtract <laughs> time for sleep, like how many hours is he thinking about?
1: <laughs> and was the job hourly paid or salary paid?
0: You know, it was salary. And in medicine, a lot of times it's salary because they're not trying to pay you for all the million hours that they actually want you to work. <laughs>
1: It's so true, Sammy. I think that when you're in whatever job you're in, it is often glorified by the workplace to work as many hours as possible. And obviously that makes sense because who benefits if you work more? They do. It's so funny because in both of my sales jobs, what I've seen is that we've actually transitioned from having hourly pay to salary pay. And it is so funny to see that change because in my last job, they were fully glorifying overworking. Like they would say, so-and-so is up till midnight every single day, after hours, sending emails, looking up companies. And I remember talking to my manager once because I was trying to work really hard when I was trying to save my job. And I was honestly just being honest. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm doing these emails to my prospects like at 1am. And like, that's kind of a great time for me because I'm a night person. And he's like, that's so great. Like clearly like giving me positive feedback about that. And then right when I was leaving, and again, this happened at both of my workplaces. This is something that kind of happens across sales organizations as they get better. It's called a lawsuit. (laughs) I don't know that my last company got sued. I know others have, but all of a sudden we're all being switched to hourly pay. And guess what happened, Sammy? (laughs) <laughs> Next thing you know, hey guys, like you should be able to do it within 40 hours a week. We don't want you to be working too hard. We want you to be taking breaks. HR is coming in. They're like, oh, we want to make sure you're compensated for the time that you're working, but also don't overwork. We're not paying you time and a half. So <laughs> you're not allowed to do that.
0: Yeah. All of a sudden, when they have to pay for actually all the hours that you're working, they don't want to be paying for it.
1: Isn't it funny? Working many, many, many hours is great when you're diluting your hourly pay, but it's not great when all of a sudden time and a half kicks in. I think when you see that change, you're like, oh, these people are only thinking about their bottom line. I remember
0: one time I calculated my hourly pay. This is my first family practice job. And in family practice, there is tons of paperwork outside of work. So annoying. Bane of my existence. Those notes. Those notes. And I remember one time I calculated my true hourly wage because I was paid salary. I included the time that I drive to work, and I included the amount of time I spend on notes. Anything that was work-related, I included in the calculation. And my six-figure salary job was paying $14 an hour.
1: (laughs) Especially in American culture, the amount of hours you work is like a prize. But then what happens is that you leave the workplace and for me, I was like, shoot, I'm not working 40 hours a week. If I'm doing something from one to five and it's enjoying my life, then I'm a useless human being. And that's just not the truth. I think it's something, a transition that a lot of people go through. And it's super normal in this culture to define yourself by your hours worked. And it's also totally fine to start letting go of that and just being like, hey, this doesn't matter. In fact, we have a reprogram for you. My value is not based on my hours of productivity.
0: I like that. I like that. Because the truth is we're humans on this earth and whether we're productive or not does not determine our value.
1: And Sammy, you know, this article that we mentioned, why you should take more time off from work. They even say that taking a break actually makes you more productive. Because you're avoiding burnout, you're refreshed, you're more excited to come back to work. I know that I always felt a lot better when I like gave myself time to take a break, both in my job and even now when I'm like doing my own projects, it's good to make sure you give yourself some time to fully leave the workplace, not check your emails, not like, you know, feel like you have to be on call, but like fully detached, which is actually pretty hard to do.
0: Which brings us to our next program that needs to be deprogrammed, which is if I'm not doing paid work or if I'm not giving my time to a job, then I'm lazy. People are afraid of being seen as lazy.
1: I know that was true for me, Sammy. Once again, when I quit my job, I moved back home and I was working on this podcast, which took a lot of time for a creative project, but did not take 40 hours a week, did not take up all my days. And yet I was still doing a lot. Like I was hanging out with our parents, making them tea in the evening. And then we would all get together, sit on the couch in a blanket, watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) And, you
0: know, I remember that time. And I remember my mom would be so annoyed that I was doing leftover work. She's like, don't do that work. Our mom, who was a workaholic and always (laughs) taught me to like work really, really hard. She just thought it was so... She thought it was so obscene and inconsiderate that I would be doing my work while we're having family jeopardy
1: time. (laughs) Meanwhile, my parents, they are thinking, I'm a baby genius when I'm like, who is Abraham Lincoln? And they're like, you should go on this show. We're playing Wheel of Fortune together. Sammy pops open the door wheel. Look at her. Like, who is this disgusting worker person? (laughs) But not everybody feels that way. In a lot of conversations, this was something I had to work through with my own ego, was people would ask me what I do, and I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just kind of taking some time off. I'm working on this podcast. And then they'd be like, well, what do you do all day? And I was like, what do I do all day? And it felt like I couldn't answer with things that weren't tied to an hourly pay, that weren't tied to a salary. It didn't seem like if I was like, well, me and my parents, uh, sometimes we stay a little too late watching Dateline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I got to sleep in the next morning because I'm tie ty Like that didn't impress anybody. I realized now that I had to detach myself from this idea that if I wasn't making money, I wasn't being productive. That's like the wrong mentality. Because honestly, it's the hours that we spend outside of our work that are actually way more meaningful, at least to me. And in
0: the piece that we read, why you should take more time off work. They talk about how this kind of change of pace, like a more relaxed work schedule, actually leads to more creativity.
1: That's true. They were saying like if you go hiking, it leads to a 50% boost in creativity. But hiking isn't considered work. Your boss isn't going to be impressed if you were like, hey, I went on a hike today. But guess what? I'm thirty percent more creative. I think that's important though, Sammy, because I feel like for myself... Even though I always wanted to do things like, say, podcast or write in my free time when I was working, when I was working full time, I was spent, I was burnt out, and uh, I didn't really feel like I had anything else to give after hours. So I think taking a break just helps so much. If you can take a full break, like a sabbatical or some certain time off work, leave the workforce forever even, then that's even the best version of this.
0: Completely true, Michelle. And if I had to redefine this program, if I'm not doing paid work, if I'm not giving my time to a job, then I'm lazy. I would say that the reprogram would be paid work does not define how diligent I am.
1: Oof. Great one, Sammy. And to wrap it up with our final piece of programming that we want to reprogram into you, our little listeners, the corporate programming is I have to earn my own time I have to earn a break. Very American mindset.
0: Michelle, this one really resonates with me. I remember when I first started my family practice job in San Jose, I was really excited to start in family practice because that's like my thing. I like preventative medicine. But I almost immediately burned out. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I was driving from San Francisco to San Jose. So each day I would have like a three-hour commute. And this is not a chill commute. There would oftentimes be traffic. Luckily, I discovered audiobooks and podcasts, which made this way more entertaining.
1: Also, when you say down chill, I remember one time you calling me off on the on-ramp and you were like, I see a fire. I think I should call the police.
0: <gasps> oh my God. Especially when I would get close to my workplace, things would always be going down. It was quite quite an eventful ride. On top of that, I was charting for a few hours when I got home, and this is all in addition to the eight-hour workday that I had. And I was talking to my coworkers about this, and some of them were like, hey, cut down to 32 hours. That's what everybody does here, because this job takes forever. And I'm like, that's a good point. I'm like, I should cut down to 32 hours. I don't care if I lose a day's worth of pay, because it's worth it. I can get a little bit of my life back. So I asked my boss, I'm like, hey, would it be okay if I cut down to 32 hours? They said yes. Crazy. They sometimes say yes.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's worth asking.
0: I thought it was wonderful. However, not <laughs> everybody thought it was wonderful. One of my coworkers who had been there for many years was quite upset. And she said, entitled new one wants to work only four days a week. Direct quote. <laughs> my coworker grew to like me. But she definitely felt that I had not earned the break or I had not earned my time off. When really all I did was ask for time off, they could have said no. The implication is that you don't deserve a day off unless you've earned it.
1: And you know what? She's just saying the quiet part out loud. I think, again, especially in American culture, they even touch upon this in the piece. We often feel like we have to work a certain amount of time somewhere to even ask for a vacation. I used to have coworkers that were like, refusing to use their PTO for some reason, even though we had unlimited PTO for the second half of my work. It's just, we feel like we have to prove that we were a good worker and that we can take that vacation of ours. And that's just not true. If I was going to reprogram that, I would say, it's my life and it's my time. Period.
0: Period. We feel like we have to somehow get our time back as if it belonged to someone else to begin with. And the truth is, it belonged to us. In the beginning, it belonged to us. We just have to find a way to support that.
1: And I will say, Sammy, even though I did enjoy this piece and I thought it made some really great research-back arguments about the benefits of breaks, the piece itself is a little bit of a jobby mindset because... The piece
0: does have jobby mindset.
1: Because everything is like, oh, take a break and you'll work better. Take a break and you'll be more productive. Take a break and you'll be more creative so that you can be better at your job. And it's like, uh, maybe you should just take a break.
0: <laughs> maybe your life purpose is not to be better at your job. Maybe <laughs> you want to just like meal prep or go for a run or do things that you like to do.
1: But is our life goal to be the best worker? That is the real question.
0: I agree, Michelle. And of course, the workplace wants you to be better for work. That makes sense. And many workplaces are trying to change that. But we can't really expect our work to be the one making sure that we get our life back. That's Mm -hmm. our real job is to make sure that we are living our intentional life and that we take steps to make sure that that is possible.
1: Takeaways. Here's the reframe for these three programmings. My value is not based on my hours of productivity. Paid work does not define how diligent I am. It's my life and it's my time. And also, the point of a break is not to be a better worker. The point of your life is not to be a better worker.
0: I love that, Michelle. We are here on the Build a Wealthy Spirit podcast because we want to remind all of you and ourselves that the point of our life is that we own our time. And we, of course, have been issued lots of programming that encourages lots of hard and diligent and time consuming Work. And that's because work would naturally promote that message. But it's propaganda. And it's time for us to take back our lives.
1: Don't ask a barber if you need a haircut. That's the summary (laughs) of all of this. Community time. Hey guys, welcome to our community time. It's funny, Sammy, when we talk about things like the corporate mindset or the jobby mindset. The opposite of that can sometimes be us where we have fully moved to this, like, very spiritual, some might even say woo-woo, mindset. Like, Sammy and I are in this world now. Like, I think we filter a lot of it, to be honest, because we're just, like...
0: <laughs> we filter it to make it palatable.
1: <laughs> but it was so funny because, oh my gosh, guys. So, first off, you know we got a couple cats running around in our yard. Mm-hmm. I wake up the other day. I look out the window, and I see... A giant pile of feathers. (laughs) Clearly, a cat got one of the birds. (laughs) It looked like, honestly, like the cats were doing a ritual or something and they sprinkled all the feathers around in a circle because that (laughs) was how dramatic this bird killing probably was. And so I do what any person does. I snapped a photo and I sent it to Sammy.
0: And when I saw this photo, I thought to myself, what a blessing.
1: Oh, it's yes. Listen, first off, guys, when I say that Sammy and I have gone a little bit down the woo-woo path, we may or may not be into YouTube psychics right now. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. We know.
0: It seems impractical. We get it. We get it. We know you're thinking, you know, these videos are put out for millions of people. So how could that message be for you? I. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But God works in
1: mysterious ways. <laughs> Yeah, sure. It seems crazy that some woman our age in a sunshine crown with her candles lit reading tarot cards may or may not be psychic, but at the same time, we are doing it. And that's just important context here because I text Sammy.
0: Yes, she texted me and I saw the feathers and I thought, what a blessing because I had just received a message, aka watched a YouTube video, that said (laughs) that I will see feathers and that will be a sign of many blessings to come and that my angels are watching me. And oh. when I saw that dead bird and all those feathers just sprinkled around, sorry, the bird actually was not in the picture. Just no feathers.
1: Yes, yes. We're not savages.
0: <laughs> we're, not, we're not like sacrificial like a bird must die.
1: <laughs> but thank you to that bird because
0: mm-hmm.
1: abundance is coming our way, guys. <laughs> yeah.
0: Summary of the story is abundance is coming our way.
1: Preach. And don't forget, you can always reach out to us. Go to buildawealthyspirit.com. Now you can just put comments down. Let us know what you're thinking. It is a community space, which is really, really cool. And you know we love hearing from you guys. So let us know what you're thinking. And maybe next time you'll be in our community time. And most importantly, be sure to tune
0: in next time as we put down the rulebook and rethink the status quo.